Everyone, welcome to a very special edition of Tunnel Vision. I'm your host, Ryan Abraham, joined by legendary sports columnist here in Los Angeles, Bill Plaschke. Uh, 25 years at the LA Times, I think eight times the AP National Sports Writer of the Year. You can see him on Around the Horn. Lots of philanthropy work with uh, uh, with kids' big brothers. I've been a big brother myself in the past, so uh, great stuff. But Bill, thanks uh, for coming on the show. Thanks. You're the legend. I love you. Your, your <laughs> outfit, your staff. Keeley's tremendous. Shotgun. The shotgun ever, but... <laughs> I saw him once without a cap on, and I didn't recognize him. <laughs> so is that a rule he has to wear his cap on backwards? Is he, that, or is that a rule? That's his thing. Uh, he wears always that, wears like a tie and everything. And he wears a tie. the thing. He's the best-dressed guy in the press box. Then he has to be topped off with the backward cap. <laughs> For years, that, that's been his thing. That's just He's a ba- baseball guy. He loves it. But he works over with you guys at the L.A. Times. Too, yeah, uh, no, too. he's tremendous. No, you've got a great – I'll follow your Twitter feed all the time. It, it's it's tremendous. It's a go to place for USC stuff. So well, good job. Thanks, Bill. I, I appreciate that. And you thought I, you thought I was an old you thought I was an old man who didn't follow that social media stuff. No, no you I, do. I follow you guys. You guys are a must. You guys are consistently a must read. It's funny. So uh, I got to run into you uh, what a month or so ago. Uh, our mutual friend and your you know your colleague, former colleague of mine, Lindsay Theory, uh, her wedding. And here, let me put a picture up of this. Um, yeah, look who's who's running the show there uh, for for Lindsay and, and and Todd. I play volleyball with Todd and known Lindsay for a while, but you got to be the official officiant for the wedding. Yeah, I mean, how it cool was, was crazy. That? It was it was just on. I was the most scared I've ever been in my life because on like on, around the horn we can bust it doing live TV. It's no big deal, but this is like the most important day in their lives, and I was had I had to kind of moderate it. It was I my knees were shaking. I was scared to death. Well, uh, but you, it, it, but it, it she was there. The, she was beautiful. He was great. It was it was fine. Yeah, you did an awesome job. That was fun, and uh, you know there was it, it was fun because you know being in the sports media world, a bunch of sports media people there, like Gary Klein, you were people that you know you've worked with or you've known from sports over the years. But that was it was really cool. I didn't realize you were going to do uh, the wedding, but then we started talking a little bit, and I was like, oh, we should have. Uh, Certainly, the off season, we try to do these. Started doing it during the pandemic. Um, kind of do these shows where it's just not necessarily like a USC person, but just you know, talk to someone interesting in sports. That so I'm your have, pandemic guest. <laughs> <laughs> we've had so like you know we have guys like Matt Leidert on you know because he played at USC, but then you get like I got like of Alex course. Michelson on from the you know Fox 11 because he went to USC and just kind of talking about yeah what they do. But I mean, you doing this for 25 years uh, at the LA Times this past year. I mean, was that the craziest one with all the COVID stuff going on? I mean, you had a lot of yeah, crazy stuff going it. on. Yeah, I've actually been to paper 34 years. Oh, I've been wow. calling this 25. I know it's crazy. I've been here so forever. And 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 and, and, and I was wondering the reason Lindsay and I are close is I first became aware of her when she worked for you, and she was such. I was so impressed with her, impressed with your outfit and the, and your operation and the way she asked questions and her toughness. I became one of her mentors because of you guys. So you guys are kudos to you guys for 
launching her career. You launched a lot of careers on this on this thing. <laughs> we tried it, but people that move on. A lot of the broadcast journalism students from USC. Now Lindsay came from um, Seattle. You know, yeah, she came up from Seattle down, but then she was working at a paper. I mean, uh, a TV station in Montana. And uh, but like we are, we were on the same beat, and then we both end up being at Scout.com for a while, and then she left uh, for the LA Times. But yeah, she, it's been great to see her. And then, you know, going on to ESPN and everything. So here we got a picture of you guys working together back when uh, she was at the LA Times. So, um, LA Times, yeah. No, we 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 stole her from you. And we we insisted that <laughs> that we hire her because she was so tough. She's a great – she's made herself a great – to a great journalist, a great writer. I'm so proud to know her. Yeah, it's been great. Um, but, you know, getting back to the – you know, you're 34 years at the LA Times, but 25 as, yeah. uh, as the columnist. Like, was this the – you know, that 2020, was that the craziest – year you've covered sports in yes and it was the worst year absolutely the worst year because you i'm used to being on the field in the locker rooms talking to the athletes i didn't talk to this day there's people from the members of the dodgers new members of the dodgers who i don't even know it had been there a year i barely have talked to mookie bats you know you, you you didn't you didn't get to any they didn't get to any usc couldn't talk to any usc kids in person any ucla kids in person it was really hard and i think sports fans in general turned off of sports because they couldn't talk about it. They couldn't read about it. They could read about it, but they couldn't go to bars. They couldn't go to games. They couldn't, there's no, it lost its communal aspect sports did. And I think that just hurt every, hurt their whole sports world. Ratings were down for a reason. It was just, yeah, it was, it was really bad. It was the worst year ever. I, I would, I would say that. It's hard to look back. Um, at the, you know, when like there was just some golf tournaments going on or they would put like, you know, pickleball or some, you know, cornhole on ESPN. Like it was just. Horrors. That... How about the game of horrors? <laughs> that was hor horrendous. <laughs> it was just a bad, oh man, it was just a bad sports year. But just being back now and the, the state just opened up, um, it's nice to see all that stuff. Uh, the, it's nice too when you get local teams doing well. Obviously, the Lakers winning last year, the Dodgers. Uh, winning, but now the Clippers have a, a have a real chance. We're recording this on, uh, you know, Thursday. I'm sorry, Friday. Uh, you know, late afternoon. So the Clipper game will be starting a little bit later on. But you, like, you had a very prominent question in there about, you know, uh, when Paul George went off uh, in Utah, the, the playoff P question. So I thought that was a cool one. Yeah, no, he'd been talking about being playoff P forever, and I just asked him, "Is this what playoff P looks like?" And he, it's the first time anybody asked him the question, and since he got to LA. I was stunned. He looked at me like, sure. So he was not. Uh, but yeah, the Clippers are an interesting team in that most of LA is not cheering for him. And I find that to be so, I can see being apathetic toward him, but I can't see just hating on him. And uh, LA fans just hate on the Clippers. And I, I don't understand that. It's a weird one. And I, you know, I'm a transplant. I moved here in 1989, like when I came to college and the Clippers were playing at the sports arena. So I sort of, you know, I wasn't really... I came from Boston, but I wasn't really a Celtics fan because I had moved there when I was like 11. But I always liked the LA team. So if the Clippers are winning or like when the Angels won, like I was cool. Like I didn't mind. But it's, it is weird. Like a lot of the diehard Laker fans like definitely don't like the Clippers. No, I think when the, when the Trojans were really good under Pete Carroll, I think UCLA fans, either they, they ignored him or they just they thought well, it's kind of cool. It's LA. Yeah. It's LA winning. They didn't hate him. And I think UCLA basketball – captured everybody's imagination this year. Even USC fans having lost out in the tournament at the very last minute, I don't think they hated him either. But 
people just hate the Clippers, and I don't know. I don't know what it is. We'll see. I'm I'm rooting for them. Hopefully, they can uh, make a run here, especially if Paul George is out for a while. That'll be uh, an interesting one. Um, I want to Chris talk- Paul. You mean? I'm sorry, oh, Paul George. Chris Paul. Yes. Uh, uh, Chris Paul being, you know, with the COVID protocol stuff, uh, you had to go through that yourself. Um, how, how was that for you? Uh, you know, having to it, was ter- it was terrible. It was, I mean, I'm lucky. I'm really lucky because I didn't have to go to the hospital, but it's just the fear The you know, I got, I was sick for like five or six, I was sick for two weeks, but really sick for five or six days. And it's just the fear because you had, you call your doctor and say, what can I do? I got 103 temperature. He said, nothing. I said, what can I take? He says, I don't care. Take whatever you want. It's not going to work. I mean, that's the thing about COVID is that people don't, you know, if even even somebody like myself who got it and didn't have to go to the hospital, the fear that you can't fix it and that the next cough could be your last. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was bad. And I, I had less, I had much more mild than anybody. I mean, I was lucky, but that was the whole thing was I think the fear of having it. And then the lingering fatigue and all that stuff, you know, you get some COVID long haul symptoms and things like that. So it's a, and I, and I know everybody's really happy. We're back now. We just can't forget the people the thousands who died yeah, and the thousands who are, you know, who are, who are still sick. I mean, it's, it's, I hope we hope we don't forget those because they'll, you know, all the celebration of everybody back together at every, you know, 50,000 at Dodger stadium. Well, there's a lot more than that that died of COVID. Yeah. And uh, when you see someone like Chris Paul, like a prominent athlete, get it, you're kind of scratching your head, like, you know, why? Are- I thought it was over with. I yeah. thought it was done. For that, it's weird. It's still for, around. For that to affect, you know, the NBA playoffs, like, you know, potentially in a significant way, it's like, wow. It just seems like we we're beyond that. But it's still- yeah, that's that's exactly what I thought, Ryan. I yeah. thought, I thought, wait, wait a minute. I thought well, this is over with. Yeah. Um, well, along those lines, uh, one of the local, you know, the, one of the stories here. I'm going to talk a little Pac-12 football. With Arizona State and that scandal and Herm Edwards, uh, you know, you know, according to the reports, you know, Pete Thamel and uh, and the Athletic, um, you know, Yahoo Sports, they were reporting that, um, you know, from October past their spring game, you know, potentially through May, hosting recruits on campus um, when it was an NCAA dead period, and Arizona State ended up missing three games in a row with with COVID protocol stuff. And when you've, I mean, we don't know. I mean, these are allegations stuff. It seems like there's you know there's a whole dossier of uh, you know, data and evidence uh, against uh, Arizona State, but I, I want. I got one thing. To say. Yeah. I got one thing to say about that, and I said it for a million years. You bring an NFL coach into a college environment, stuff like that happens because NFL coaches don't have patience for rules. They don't have time for rules. They don't understand rules. And I under, I get it. They don't have to deal with rules in the NFL. College recruiting rules and everything like that. It goes over these NFL coaches' heads. They don't take them seriously. They flaunt them. Not I'm and if something and obviously there's nothing been proven there, but you've got an NFL coach come right from the NFL, right to the college scene. It just it I've seen it before. It happened. It happens everywhere, you know. And it just I would not. I don't want to say I wouldn't be surprised, but there is a formula there for sanctions and for you know uh, penalties. And these and these college coaches who come from the NFL just seem to have no time for the rules. They don't understand. They don't get them. They don't follow. Them. And it's a it's an interesting one because you got like David Shaw, uh, you know, Oregon State athletic director, people going on the record that normally wouldn't for something like this to be able to host recruits when other schools can't and get that competitive advantage, but also potentially put people at risk where you know they Arizona State missed three games and you're saying like, well you're bringing in people from all over the country to your campus like was that the reason why you had these COVID yeah, outbreaks, you know yeah they're not only flaunting 
the rules. They're flaunting life, life-saving procedures. They're risking people's lives. I mean, you risk, you know, you're risking lives. Yeah, that's shame on them. And yeah. uh, the NCAA will come down. If they find it to be true, they'll come down really, really hard on them. And I hope they do. I'm, I'm not a fan of the NCAA. Yeah. I think it should be disbanded and all that. But while they're still in place and while there are still rules, you got to follow them. Yeah. The, uh, you know, big news in, in college football with the potential expansion of the college football playoff from four to 12 teams. Um, what do you think that's, you know, the Pac-12 has only made two of them. They haven't made a playoff since, what, 2016. Uh, what do you feel like, you know, expanding the playoff? I have a lot of, I do a Pac-12 podcast and a lot of the fans, especially the Pacific Northwest fans, they don't want to see the playoff expanded. I thought it would be better for the Pac-12 to expand. Oh, it would be much better for the yeah. Pac-12. Just look at, look what happened in basketball. Look what the Pac-12 is dealing, they're dealing from a, a spot of great weakness. Larry Scott ran that Ran the, ran the uh, conference into the ground. It's really weak per nationally, perception-wise. So look at what happened to college basketball. Nobody was ranked. None of them were ranked. Everybody was ignored because it's Pac-12. It's it's basketball. It's football. They stink. Nobody cares. And look what the teams do. So you you know this this will enable the Pac-12 to overcome that perception of people who go to sleep and don't watch them play, of, of the being on bad TV contracts, of bad starting times. And all that plays in the perception that the Pac-12 is a less as a secondary conference. This will eliminate that. This will force the Pac-12 into the tournament, and it'll show how great it can be. I think it's tremendous. I think it's 12-team thing is tremendous. I don't know why. Why would anybody be against more teams? I don't understand that. It's so weird. The people that make the arguments um, are about, well, you know, the Pac-12 just needs better teams. They don't deserve someone to get in there. But I, I like the 12 because... The way it's that they've described it, if you're, you know, maybe the Pac-12 is not one through four because we haven't seen that happen very much. But if you're five through eight, like say it's Oregon, you're hosting a playoff game. So you get a home game. Yeah, like, that's you, you don't want to be one of the top. Actually, you don't want to be one of the top four. I think they need to change that. Actually, let the each of the top four host host the game too, and then go to the bowls for the semifinals and finals. But no, exactly. I don't know why anybody would complain about that. That's that's a uh, you know a, uh, that's that's like they, they don't believe in themselves or something. Yeah, this it's, is again the basketball showed national perception has got nothing to do when it comes to the Pac-12. It has nothing to do with reality. It really has anything to do with reality. And in this case, it'll give the Pac-12 a chance to get in there and show what it is on the prime time. I mean, the TV contract is still so bad. Aren't the starting times next year really bad still? There's still some bad ones, yeah. There's uh, yeah, uh, yeah. David Shaw was mad because they have a 9 a.m. game. I think it's the Kansas. State, they play Kansas State at like Arlington in Arlington and uh, at Jerry World. I believe that's the one, and I think it's a 9 a.m. start, like the Fox <sighs> Big Noon kickoff. Do you like those? I mean, I no, I, never... I, I no, I hate them because they should be for the, the. I know they get a lot of viewership, yeah, but it's so bad on the kids, and it's so against their body clocks, and it takes them away from at least another day of school and studying and all that. I think it's terrible. Yeah. I think they. I think that's let that Illinois play Iowa at nine a.m. when nine a.m. start and let let that happen. Yeah. Where, but for, but I'd like that. I'd like the Pac-12 to be on more mainstream networks if I can. And be and I don't. I don't like the Pac-12 at night either. I don't like the Pac-12 after dark. After either. dark. Yeah. I don't like those late games either. There's a what, lot. what happened to the four o'clock game with the sun setting over the Coliseum <laughs> with the Rose Bowl? I mean, what's wrong with that? Yeah. Um, what. Where do you stand as far as like USC goes and, you know, the Pac-12 perception, like you'd said, has been down for several years. I mean, how important is a powerful USC program to, 
you know, be the Clemson oh. of the, you know, for ACC, you know, for the Pac-12. It's everything, right? The Pac-12 is based, Pac-12 football is based on USC. It just is. And when it's good, the conference rises up, teams are better, coaches are better, programs try harder, and the national perception, a rising tide lifts all boats. And they need you. They need they, they need USC to do well, just like the NBA needs the Lakers to do well, and baseball needs the Dodgers to to, to do well. I mean, that's how they rank in this town. Is that the, you know, as far as the the number one sports um, that are followed in the city, and it goes Lakers, Dodgers, USC football. It this one, two, three. Wow. Okay. And, and that's oh yeah, that's clearly. Can you hear this buzzing in the background? Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, um, it's a, yeah, that's all right. You got, you got, the, you got like, like a drag hang on, race hang going on. on. Hang on one second. The gentleman's doing some work outside my window. <laughs> you got stuff Look going on, Bill. Finish, finish his work. Um, no, it's if, if if you look at our if you look, if you look at our metrics, and it's clear it's it's either now now it's really Dodgers. Dodgers have almost passed the Lakers up in terms of LA fan base. But uh-huh. Dodgers, Lakers, and USC football is third. It's clearly third. Wow. It's ahead of the Clippers. It's ahead of the Angels. It's ahead of the US, UCLA basketball. It's way ahead of that. It's ahead of everything. I mean, it's it's tradition. It's LA. I mean, it's it's symbolic. It's the most symbolic intercollegiate team in LA of any sport of any school. It looks like LA. It feels like LA. It's all I mean, that's why this song girls controversy is such a big deal. Yeah. Because they're the symbols, they're they have been long with the symbols of what USC football is, and it's LA. So yes, the Pac-12 desperately needs USC football to be better. It desperately needs it to to compete. And so does Clay Helton, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, we had some. I posted on the message board on the Peristyle on uscfootball.com that I was going to have you on, and they are some questions. If you don't mind, I can ask a few from the fans if that's okay. Um, yeah. No. They, they love me on the message board. Not. <laughs> There's some- why, well, yeah, Rod, why do they think USC fans have to know that every UCLA fan thinks I love USC and every USC fan thinks I love UCLA. It, so I know I'm doing my job. It's funny because and there were, someone actually asked that question, like, why is the LA Times biased towards UCLA? But if you read UCLA site, they think it's biased the other way. It yeah, is funny. So it's that, a, means pretty, that means we're doing our job. It's a unique experience because there's two major universities that have, you know, each over 100 national championships in different sports covered by, you know, the same newspaper. So there's always going to be this perception of bias from, from both sides, but it's funny. If you write, I say, if you write, it's the only place in the country where if you write a nice story about the, the, the huge college team in your market, half the town hates you. <laughs> Immediately half the town hates you. That's what, true. What do you do? You say, yeah, I mean, it's just half, half the town is not going to read it. It's not going to agree with it. It's not going to like you for writing it. Yeah. It's just the way it is. It's just cool. I love that. I love the environment. I love it. And it, it is... And the, and the lines are pretty clear. USC football, UCLA basketball. USC basketball, I'm sorry, Andy Enfield. It just doesn't register. And UCLA football just doesn't register, especially Chip Kelly's doing so terrible over there. Yeah. Well, the, so it just. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. So Super Trojan 5 wrote in, and it was kind of along the lines of what you were just talking about. He said, at one time, USC football under Pete Carroll was the second most popular LA sports teams after the Lakers. Do you think that USC football can reach that popularity ever again with the NFL now in Los Angeles and both the Lakers and Dodgers doing well? Oh, that's yeah. I should have said it, it's ahead of the NFL by a large margin. Really? Uh, wow, I mean, okay. The, oh, the the NFL in general is big, but the Rams and Chargers. No, USC football is definitely USC football is still our team. 
I think, and I, I mean, the Rams went to a Super Bowl, and USC football is still our team. You, I'm, I'm judging based on the metrics which we follow, which, are, which run our paper, which help us make money. So it's it's an important statistic that we that I'm talking about that we look at conversions, page views, length of time spent with stories. All this stuff adds up to USC football is huge, and it's it, it hasn't lost its sway. People people like to read it if it's bad. I mean, you know, you bash Clay Helton, you get a lot of readership. You bash, uh, you know, it's or you praise Clay Helton, you get a lot of readership. You know, USC football. That's one thing they, they don't understand. They don't need to do anything. But when they don't need to be flashy, they don't need to sell anything. They're already ensconced in this town as the number one. I just don't. I don't know about you, Ryan. I don't see the Rams passing them up in the near future. I mean, maybe, maybe if they win a Super Bowl at SoFi, maybe. But I don't think so. You see so much tradition. Yeah, I'm, and for so many years it was our team. I'm curious to see what I, SoFi I see does it. for the Rams. You know, because that's such an amazing venue there. You know. Yeah, no, I think I think SoFi will actually do more for the Chargers than the Rams, oh. because it will make the Chargers look like a real team. Yeah, it has it did last year look like a real team, but no USC football. The answer is the question: USC football is still it's number three in this town between Dodgers and Lakers. It's never going to pass up Dodgers or Lakers because those are more all encompassing, you know, more neighborhoods, more farther reach. But USC football is third and will stay third for the foreseeable future. Um, we, you know, you write a lot of columns. There's a lot of opinions out there. Uh, when fans or get upset about stuff, like I mean, I can't tell you how many people brought up your Westward uh, Westwood Ho uh, column from 2001. <laughs> you, I love it. They, I am they so it honored up. that I could write something that for I have heard that I've been in airports in Miami, Florida <laughs> at six in the morning, and someone walks by and says Westward Ho. <laughs> right. You know, it's just I'm like that was 15. What was it? 2000. 2001. 2001. So it was 20 years ago. And I love that people. And you know what? All right. I will say this again and again and again. When I wrote that, it was correct. When I wrote it, the moment I wrote it now, a week later, it all went to hell. Yeah. But the moment I typed it, typed those words in there, I typed the sun is shining. The sun was shining. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I got it right for about a week. Then it's been wrong for the last next 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> nice, but man. I am honored that people remember. No, it didn't. And that wasn't ever Westwood Hole was the, was the headline. Yeah. The story was much more egregious yeah. <laughs> than that. <laughs> so I'm glad they only remember Westwood Hole. Yeah. But I'm honored when somebody does that. I'm actually honored that people remember. I mean, that means I have impacted legacy in this town, right? I mean, I've been around. You got to be around a long time for somebody to remember a column you wrote 20 years ago. That's pretty funny. But it yeah. was, but I'm telling you, Bob Toledo had it going. Bob Toledo had it going, man. He was fun. And we didn't see, come on, Brian, you didn't You didn't see Pete Carroll his first year where you can, let's, let's be honest, tell me to be honest. A, did you agree with his hiring? And B, did you think after one year he'd do what he did? It's funny, my dad was a big Patriots fan, and uh, he's like, you know, I think Pete Carroll's going to be good because he's just like this rah-rah guy. He's more of a college guy. So I was I, I, I mean, I was kind of optimistic, but I was like, you know, he's got fired from two NFL teams. Um, but, yeah, it looked like UCLA. I mean, there was like the eight-game winning streak, all that stuff in the 90s. So, yeah, it, it seemed like it was tilting the other I way. Was, I yeah. was driving. I was in Louisiana doing an NFL story, and I get a call on this car phone just after Pete got hired that day, and it was Pete. And he called and he said, I heard you don't like my hire. Why don't you like me? <laughs> and he had just getting in. I said, I just don't think you're an NFL coach. You're not a college coach. You were the third choice. So I didn't support the hiring. And I didn't think after a year he would do it. And I was wrong. But but USC, USC fans got to realize 
once they got good, I was I have all plaudits to them. I yeah. wrote all those columns, all yeah. the national treasure columns. I covered every one of those games. I praised them to the high heavens. But um, yes, Westward Ho, at the time I wrote it, Westward Ho was actually true. Again, only for a few minutes, but those few minutes, it was true. We had a question from uh, Gate Call. Who's on your Mount Rushmore of Southern California sports journalists? Sports journalists. Well, they're going to say sports sports figures. Oh, yeah. No, it's sports oh, journalists. Who's, who's on your Mount Rushmore of Southern California sports figures, Ryan? Um, Who'd a, be the four? Sports figures. Okay. Uh, so you're just turning around. Jackie wow. Rob. To me, Jackie Robinson's got to be on there. I think Jackie I mean, Robinson. He went to high school right down the street from where I live. Uh, so Jackie Robinson's got to be on there. I think Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson's got to be on there. Does um does the Sandy Kof- the Sandy Koufax? Yeah, you'd probably like for. I'm trying to think of a Dodger. Like, it'd probably have to be Koufax. Like, you wouldn't put like Oral or like I don't know. I think I think does it- John Robinson got to be on there. Who's or does Pete Carroll have to be on there? <sighs> Pete Carroll could. Um, greatest coach, maybe greatest college coach of all time during that stretch. Yeah, uh, that's. I mean, that's a good one. That's. Uh, I mean, well, as far as journalists, it would be um, Jim Murray. Of course, the guy that I replaced for the first five years of my job, my name was "You're No Jim Murray." That's who I thought I was. That's who I, that's who I thought I was. You're No Jim Murray. Yeah. Uh, Jim Murray, Alan Malamud. Yeah. Who was our great Melvin Durslag of the Herald Examiner? I read a book. Uh, I think was it him? I got a. I forget his name. There was like. Um... His son wrote this book about uh, him. I think he was man. I can't even remember his name right now. Oh, I know what you're talking about. What's his name? Oh, the steamer. The steamer. The steamer. Yeah. The Bud Ferrillo. Yeah. So yeah, I got the book. I think the book right there. Yeah, Bud Ferrillo. Yeah. So his son. Um, well, actually, if, you can't, fan, if, you, yeah. if you can't recall his name, he probably should be that's, on. Oh, on, on, on that's just me. I'm just you know. <laughs> and Jim and put Jim Hill up there. Oh, yeah, he's been doing it for a long time. Yeah, Fred Fred Rogan gets so mad. Fred Rogan calls himself the Dean, and he says, "The Dean, you know, you know, you're on the air with the Dean." I said, "Where's Jim Hill?" And Fred Rogan gets mad mad about that. Jim Hill's everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Big Louie wants to know who's your favorite all time Trojan. Oh, that's a great question too. That's a really great question. It'd probably be from my dealings with him. Probably, you know what. When Carson Palmer won the Heisman, he called me from New York. That's cool. Moments after and thanked me for covering him. Because I I pushed – I'm the one that wrote the West Coast hadn't had a Heisman winner in 15 years. This is wrong. It's biased. East Coast biased. Right? Give it to Carson. So he called me and thanked me for that. And uh, and, and I'll never forget that. So I probably probably Carson Palmer. Although nice. Matt, Matt Leiner was always really good to, to deal with, you know, and really good to deal with. Um, and I like, I like Lendell White because he's oh, yeah. he's honest. He's so, so honest. Personality, yeah. But if he only if he only ran the wrong, so are we in agreement? He ran the he went to the wrong hole. I think on so. Fourth and yeah. two. That was it. Not having Reggie on the field though, that was a little weird. That, that, thank thank you. That's that's what we've been saying for hundred hundred years. We got, your video is looking a little weird there, Bill. I know what's going on, but that's all right. Well, we're almost done here. I will let you. But um, a couple more. The the main the Mac on the Peristyle says. Uh, do you think there's a minimum bar this season that Clay Helton needs to achieve to a- retain his job? 
And is it more complicated than that? Or do you even think that Clay Helton's job is in jeopardy? Gosh, dang it. That's a great question. Yeah, I, I want to say he's got to get to the Rose Bowl or win the, win the conference. Yeah, but, I would agree. I would agree. I think he has to win the conference. Yeah, I think he's got to win the conference because I think at this point the buyout's not as much and uh, and – you know, Mike's Mike Bowen's giving him all all the time in the world, and you know, and he's a by the way, he's the nicest coach ever, and I gotta, I gotta say that he's just he's he's great. When I was he sick, is. he texted me. Oh, nice. When I wrote a column on, on Mother's Day, he texted me to congratulate my mom. I mean, he's such a nice guy. Yeah. So I'm I'm openly cheering for him. I mean, I'm, I'm saying that I'm cheering for him. People do people want him to lose because they want him to get fired. Yeah. I hope only the best for him. But I just don't see it lasting if he doesn't get by the, to the to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Um, Mark Seven from SC. Uh, what do you think about USC running the air raid offense? Well, has it made Slovis a better quarterback, or has it made him more of a of a scatter of a careless quarterback? I'd like to see him run the ball more. Yeah, everybody would. That kid, that that kid, I love that kid that transferred. Uh, how, how do you pronounce his last name? Step Jack, oh, Jackson. Oh, Marquis Step. Yeah, yeah. Like the the running back that transferred out to uh, Nebraska. Yes. Yeah, Marquis yes. Step. I know he's. Yeah, he was a. I he love. Was a I like his style too, of yeah. play more. Yeah. So I wish they ran the. I wish they ran the ball more. And I hear this from a lot of old old time USC fans, some of the old time guys that they they should pound it more. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, I think they should run more and get back to more old-fashioned USC football. I think a lot of fans agree with you there. I will do two more. I'll let you go. Uh, I know you got to get to the Clippers stuff. Uh, Sailor Gabe says, should USC go independent and sign some kind of streaming deal with YouTube TV or something like that? Yes, yes, yes. I have said that a million times. They should, they're they bigger than the Pac-12. The Pac- we should just talk about the Pac-12 needing them, and I should have said that earlier. I I'm glad you brought that up. Yes, they should go independent. They don't need to. The, the Pac-12 is the, they're they're way beyond the Pac-12. They don't need to be in. I'm sorry, they don't need to be in Oregon State's TV rights world. They don't need to be in Washington Washington State's you know uh, orbit. They they should be independent, just like Notre Dame. Cut their own deal. It would be huge. It'd be bigger than Notre Dame. It'd be the biggest thing in college sports. And I wonder if Mike Bone's not planning on doing that one day. They can't say that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what do you think? I think they should go independent. Oh, absolutely! Because they're, they're so much bigger than the conference. They've outgrown the conference. I think you're you have to at least explore it, right? I mean, just go yeah. out there and look and see. Like, okay, instead of us getting the same TV deal as Oregon State, and if the Pac-12 was yeah. doing well and you were getting fifty million a year, like you're in the Big Ten or the SEC or whatever, like okay, like but you're not, and I feel like it's worth at least exploring. And I think USC has to like you know, the, be more nationally prominent, like they haven't been, but they, they have that potential. If they get back up there, that's something they can at least uh, look into. And I, they're yeah, a national they're, brand. They're the one that the Pac-12 is one national brand. Yeah. It's even, even more so than UCLA basketball, USC football, that sport, that school, that team is the one national brand in that conference. They, they don't need a conference anymore. And, and I'm sure the, this new commissioner is going to probably be trying to kiss USC's butt to try to make sure to keep, keep happy. But yeah, no, I think going independent, absolutely. Yeah, I don't care. I'm not going to miss seeing them play Arizona <laughs> on Saturday night at 10 o'clock at night in the, middle of, in the middle of November, right? I don't care about that. Yeah, I want to see them play a national schedule. And what? more than any, Alabama's got the SEC around. SEC is good. Clemson's 
still kind of a Johnny come lately. They haven't been that great for that long. USC has been great for so long. They've established themselves as a cornerstone. Okay. Control your own fate. Control your own fate. Go independent. Do you like the job that Mike Bowen's done so far? I mean, some good hires. Um, you know, Lindsey Gottlieb, I think, is a really interesting one. Obviously, the fans want him really? to hire for, you know, for a, a football coach. But, um, you know, just having three former football players in a row, I just really felt they needed an actual I think he's done a great director, job. You know? Yeah, I think he's done a great job. He's got a great plan. He's taking it slow. He's not making rash decisions. He's not – and he's not going to fire – Clay Hill, unless he has a replacement. He's not going to fire Andy Enfield unless he has a replacement. Where Andy Enfield got mad at me. Andy Enfield thought I was implying that he was going to get fired this year if he didn't get to the Final Four. But, I, you know, of course he wasn't. But he's – I think his fingers on all those pulses, and I think he's doing – yes, and he's, he's made some good surrounding hires. He's done a good job at the Coliseum. And, um, yeah, no, I think he's done – but ultimately he'll be judged by the football team. Yeah. Mike Garrett – Wacky athletic director, but great athletic director because they do with the, the hard Pete Carroll. Yeah. Pat Hayden, not so much. He'll be judged by how the football team does. And that's ultimately his decision. So that'll be his big thing. Ask me that question six months from now. Yeah. And we'll see how Clay does and how Mike treats out. Right. That's that's how anybody's going to judge him. I love the diversity in sports and I love gender equity, but the average fan doesn't judge a coach by what the water polo team does. Yeah what the track and field team does. I mean, they're judging AD. They judge them by the football team. Yeah. Uh, we got two quick ones. Banff 95 had a couple of interesting ones for you. Was TJ Simers nuts or was that just his style? <laughs> Both. <laughs> but he was great. You know what? I miss TJ. I miss him. I miss his acerbic style. I, he'd drive me crazy sometimes. <laughs> was there like a but rivalry was, at all between you guys? Or like, was Oh, there... well, he, he, here's the deal. He tried to create one. He thought it would be good for the, our sales. If he was page two, I was page one. He was fighting me, he, but but I, I never fought. He, so he took a lot of shots against me. Uh -huh. I thought it worked better if, if I didn't. I never fired back. I never fired back because I was page one. So I was I was going to fire back. Look like I'm picking on poor page two. So uh -huh. yes, I think he tried to create a rivalry between us. But he's one of the best journalists I've ever been around, and he did have a a, a stick that rubbed people the wrong way, including myself sometimes. But he was a damn damn good journalist yeah. and he asked great questions he had great judgment and I, I the only thing that's sad about it is that get that got clouded sometimes by some of the shtick yeah but he yeah. was a really he is and is one of the best journalists i've ever worked with to be honest with you he's just tremendous tremendous newspaper guy man or person just tremendous where is he now is he retired? he's retired he retired okay he retired. Yeah. yeah he retired and he's and he deserves it but he would i'd love to see him i miss him i miss seeing his stuff i miss Something happens, and I miss him taking on these coaches one on one in press conferences. I miss that. Yeah, and then the one last one from Bamf. He was like, "Did you play any sports growing up?" I had too much imagination to play sports. I'd be playing baseball. <laughs> a fly ball would come to the outfield, and I would think, "Okay, if if I catch it, it's going to be a hero." But I'm missing. I'll be a goat. What about this wind here? What about my shoes here? My imagination. I had too much imagination to play sports. A and B. I sucked. <laughs> So, so those are the two reasons. But I don't think you need to play sports to be a sports writer any more than you need to run for office to cover politics yeah. or to have to be in the movies to cover movie stars. You just need to know people. And that's nothing to do with playing sports. Because I know that's what he's getting. I know it's what that fan is getting at. Yeah. He never he never played sports. 
I know that's what some people are. I mean, I don't think people say that anymore, but they do. Just look at your political writers, look at your Hollywood writers. You just need to know people, yeah. I think, and, 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 and understand, know how, you know, understand the human condition and can sympathize with it. Because that's what sports is. Sports is about, is a mirror on a human condition. It's a prism on triumph and failure and fighting and perseverance. And it's, you know, it's all that. And we can watch all that in real time. That's why we love sports. Yeah. Because it reminds us, makes us feel something about ourselves. So I think if you recognize that, you can write sports. Yeah. It's funny because you people get critical of former athletes or coaches. Like they'll say, oh, Tony Romo, he was terrible. He said this or whatever. He was a bad quarterback. Like, what does he know if he's criticizing like Patrick Mahomes? Like, well, I mean, it's just the fact that you played, you were in those meetings. You've, you've, got oh my God. Yes. Are it's you a, kidding me? But you have to judge them on what they do as an analyst or a writer or whatever. Not like, well, he, he struck out too many times to be, you know, to be talking about, uh, what, you know, Manny Ramirez or something. You know, it's just weird when you get like critical of their former, you know, careers, but it's more about it's that they had that experience. You know? career. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. Or so how can he rip him that? And that, that, that's, and also I will never, by the way, if you notice in my columns, I never question an athlete's toughness ever because it's just just to be the the walk, last walk on on the USC football team is a tough tough dude. The last walk on on the USC women's basketball team is a tough tough athlete. Just to play sports, you got to be so tough. I have admiration for every athlete I cover at every level because I could never do that, and it's a toughness that is should be admired. So I hate it when somebody says, "Oh, he's a wuss" or "She's." She's a quitter. You can't play sports and be that way. You just, you just, you just, that doesn't work. So I totally have admiration for all the athletes. Well, Bill, I really appreciate you spending some time with us. But all thanks. right. Well, thanks, Ryan. Have me in a, I'll see you at the Coliseum. All right. Sounds thanks, good, Bill. Thanks so much for coming on. Take, take care, man. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.